Welcome to the Buyers Agent Institute podcast, the show that will take you from your nine to five to living a life on your terms. We hear from the experts themselves, sharing how they created their success and give you actionable steps to help you create a lifestyle by design. Becoming a buyer's agent requires passion, dedication, and great mentorship. This podcast will share with you all three so that you can turn buying property into a career. So my, my first thoughts were, um, you know, going down that, that sales path. However, you know, I mean, not all the time sales agents get a good rap. So um, I, I guess there was this, this uh, emerging um, uh, field such as um, buyer's agents. And uh, I guess that's how you and I uh, came to meet. And um, so, yeah, I thought, look, that, that, that fits with where I am from a, uh, a business manager in terms of um, working from an emotional level uh, with people as opposed to purely sales, I guess. So, um, so that led me down the buyer's agency track, but um, you know, as you know, we've become a bit of a, a hybrid from that now. Welcome to the Buyer's Agent Institute show. The purpose of the show is to bring awareness to buyer's agents, to bring awareness around the career opportunities that the buyer's agent sector provides people, to bring awareness around the value that buyer's agents provide people who need help buying property. Our goal with the show is to strip back and dive into stories about remarkable buyer's agents who are paving the way forward in one of the fastest growing career sectors right now in real estate. Our guest today is Trent Iverson. He's been running a property agent business for the last two years called Harris Iverson. Trent's career didn't start in real estate. He's got 20 years corporate experience working in sales and marketing. He then went down the entrepreneurial road and started a very successful pet management business. He exited out of that business recently. And the last two years he's been running Harris Iverson. He's got a very interesting business model and we're gonna dive into his story today. I'm really excited to introduce Trent. Welcome, Trent. Thanks, Ben. Thanks How for having you? me. Good to see you again. Thank you so much. So you've got a very interesting business model, which we're going to get to. Sure. However, I remember when we first spoke, you were looking to become a real estate agent, then you ended up becoming a real estate agent and a buyer's agent. Let's talk about this hybrid model, mm. because I think what you're doing is very interesting. And I know some people have different perspectives and opinions around representing sellers and buyers, but I know you are doing it differently, e.g. you're not doing it exactly in the same area. Do you want to maybe share a bit around how your models progressed? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I guess uh, the, the buyer's agency, we've spoken in the past, the buyer's agency business for me uh, has come from, you know, my, my greatest successes have been my inner circle, my previous networks, uh, particularly around the eastern suburbs of Sydney, more on a, uh, a residential owner-occupier sales perspective. Um, over, over a period of time, um, I have a holiday property uh, up in the Hawkesbury district, uh, and out of, a, I guess, of a need um, of choice, uh, there were very few real estate agents up there, people started to reach out to me and say, look, hey, you know what, we love what you're doing, we're seeing the great testimonials that you're getting, can you help us on the sales side? So, so where there's an opportunity, you know, we threw a little bit of fuel at it, at it and um, yeah, we're, we're making some great inroads up there. It's amazing. So you're buying property for your, your buying clients, you're selling property for your selling clients, obviously, I'm assuming north at the Hawkesbury because you've, you've got a lot of demand there. And then those people that you're selling for in the Hawkesbury, I'm assuming would be turning into clients for your buyer's agent business. Spot on. And, and, and I think this is where this 
mutation uh, of what we do where we can actually quite effectively um, work on both sides of the fence, pardon the pun, um, that, that we, we can actually have a, a very strong industry um, outside of a traditional farm. We can have a very, very strong industry both on sales and buyers agents. And, and one thing that I think is really important to remember as sales professionals or, or real estate professionals is that buyers are sellers and sellers are buyers. Um, and I think it's our obligation uh, to be able to serve those clients uh, in whatever they want. Obviously, we've got some um, uh, pretty tight regulation about representing both the buyer and seller, but we make that very, very distinct uh, between the two, the two transactions. Question, if you... I know you're buying a lot around the, the eastern suburbs in Correct. a city. If someone called you up and said, I'm looking to sell my property, let's just say in Paddington, yes. and for those who are listening to this and aren't from Sydney, that's a suburb in the eastern suburbs, Correct. would you sell their property? Uh, firstly, I would ask them, well, who is that top agent uh, in Paddington uh, and why would you not choose to go with them? And nine times out of ten, it would be that they don't have an established relationship with that with that client where they've dealt with me in the past they understand how i work there's trust there which is very very important uh, so i'd first ask them who is that gun agent in there and why wouldn't they want to list with that person whatever their reasons may be whether it be trust uh, i would actually look at doing a vendor's advocacy so i would actually go into uh, perhaps a, con a conjunction uh, with that local agent so i can actually be that vendor representation on that side but that 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 fee would actually come from the co-agent i love that Not the buyer. and the vendor advocacy piece i'm assuming yes. you would do that purely because you're buying around the eastern suburbs of sydney and you want to be known as the buying expert Correct. Not the selling and buying expert, is that correct? Correct. Excellent. Absolutely. You're also doing property management. Yeah, so, so the property management was another uh, bolt-on uh, for, for our business. And um, I'm very much, uh, I've read a, a fabulous book um, by John Morillo a few years back uh, called Built to Sell. It's a fantastic book. I recommend uh, all your listeners read it. And it, and it talks about uh, building a business that is repeatable and that's scalable. Uh, with a buyer's agency or traditional buyer's agency business, we have a transaction um, and then that client moves on. Hopefully they become great fans and they keep buying and buying and buying with us. But quite often they're buying investment properties. So doesn't it make sense for us if they're buying an investment property that we can offer a property management service? Again, it just keeps it in, the, in that very uh, tight, very trusted uh, circle of my business. And, you know, property management is one of those things that in, in tough times, if you've got a rent roll uh, that you're building, it's great for cash flow for your business. Yeah, it's amazing how your models transpired since we, we met two years ago. You know, you've, you've went down and originally you were going to niche in the buying agent space. And it's, you know, you've, the, the flow of life, you then went to the Hawkesbury to obviously visit your place there. And then there was demand for you to sell properties there. So you moved there. Then, as you said, the property management's another addition. It's, it's amazing how your business has evolved. Yeah, look, it's, it's interesting. And we do look back two years ago when, when we first met. And, um, you know, I was steadfast. I know I'm going to buy property on the northern beaches for owner occupiers. That was going to be my market. But um, look, I, I, think, I think if you're rigid, particularly in that first, first 12 months of your business, if you're too rigid, and you don't you know see these little shiny objects uh, flickering in the background and not all of them are great uh, but I think if there's an opportunity I think we should throw a little bit of fuel at that uh, if the opportunity grows legs we'll give it a little bit more and and so so 
For, for me, my business will always be about seeking these opportunities that maximise the value in the transaction for my clients. And I think that's very, very important. I heard in the grapevine that you did a cracker commercial deal. Yes. I was, I was hearing, you know, 15, 20% discount is do you want to yeah yeah look look commercial is something that uh that that we're probably in the last six months um we're really starting to invest a bit of time in the 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 commercial space um i guess relatively new for us uh but our clients particularly here in the eastern suburbs we found that their property portfolios on a residential level uh, and investment level um, is fairly saturated. So they're now um, looking for opportunities and we're working with their accountants and financial planners to look for some opportunities in the commercial space. So we had this one uh, client uh, back in about June or July uh, this year, very, very specific client, wanted a very, very specific location. Uh, yeah, and we were able to source this, this location it was actually right next door uh, to where they're currently trading. And um, yeah, we, we, went in, we went in hard there and, and um, we got a great deal. It was around about 20% off, um, off list price. So as you can imagine, they'd, they'd be pretty, pretty happy with that. And you know, then the flow on business that comes from that um, is great. Commercial transactions, obviously very different to, to Resi. It is. Is that something you think you'll start? Um, definitely, definitely. That, yeah, that, um, uh, that's something well and truly in our 2020 business plan. Um, I think there's less emotion involved, uh, as, as you know, but uh, for us it comes down to that trust thing, that, that if I've got a, a circle of clients there who are now ready to move into the commercial space, uh, I mean, it's just a great synergy, it's a great transition for them, and it's something that we're going to be investing a lot in. You've built and sold businesses, you're obviously a successful entrepreneur. I've, I remember just speaking to you over the years, you, you've got a large business hat on and you've got a, a thirst to learn, which I've always admired. Have you looked back, like since starting the buyer's agent business and going into this space, have you looked back thinking, what have I done? Or has it always been, I'm just committed to this, I'm committed to this? Look, um, another great book that I'm reading, and again, everyone should read it, is um, uh, The Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster. I don't know if you've read it, but it's fantastic. And, and it, it, it talks about um, uh, this journey that we go on and, and where, where we think we're going to be when we start out to the journey along the way is very, very different. So, so did I, uh, two years ago, when you and I spoke, think that we would be bolting on the, these various parts of the business? No, you know, because it was all new to me. But I guess from that entrepreneurial and, and you know, my previous, previous experience in, in the pet management business, you just have to constantly, constantly look for these opportunities. And um, yeah, I think where I am now, where we are going to be in 12 months times, yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Year one, I mean, I think with any business, not year one, but yep. every year is a challenge. There's, as you said, the, emotion, the entrepreneurial rollercoaster, it's always volatile. It's like a yo-yo up and down. And it'd be good, good to talk about some of the challenges in year one because, I mean, year one of any business is tough. And you're in a new sector, new industry, new business, and you're on your own. Like most buyers agents are starting a business, you haven't got a team straight away um, unless you join a company, because I know you were looking to join a company. Um, what were some key challenges in that in that first year? Cash flow, number one, uh, and I think you know a lot of uh, buyers agents out there will be will be looking at that. Um, but I think I think remaining focused, at the same time looking for opportunities, twelve months down the track. So, so I was very focused, as as you know, laser focused on on my buyers agents business. However, seeing these other opportunities come along as you go 
don't ignore them. And I think I think that was one of those challenges in, in, in that first year where there were these other opportunities presenting themselves to me, but I was too focused on that one goal as opposed to taking the blinkers off and have a look what is coming around you because your network particularly will provide opportunities that perhaps you would not have seen. Uh, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to give them a go because it'll all work out. Yeah, it's so true. And you've, you're right. You've got to look at opportunities as they come to us, assess the viability of them. Do they suit? Is there a good return? What's the time involved, etc. And then if it makes sense, you jump in, right? And that's what you've done. Correct. And I think that's really, really important that, uh, look, I, I talk to a lot of the other BAI students and, and they're doing exceptional things. And, uh, you know, some have gone on a journey of purely investment and doing it extremely well. Um, others are doing very, very well uh, in residential. But for, for me, um, my mind doesn't stop. As you say, you, you have this big big entrepreneurial head. And for me, uh, yes, my journey has been diversification uh, and delivering a offering to my clients that, that basically keeps them in the loop. I love it. And you've been very successful buying property. Correct. Yourself. And obviously I'm assuming that that was a catalyst as to why you decided to explore this space. Is that fair to say? hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, my first property I bought 1996, I was 10. I was nearly just born then. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, interesting, that was out of Sydney. That was up in, in Nelson Bay. But every single property that I've bought, I haven't gone down an investor path. I've always been owner OCK, but I'm fairly, fairly uh, footloose and fancy free. So I, I can sell that property and move on to the next. So I look for um, very unique properties, generally um, in blue chip suburbs, um, with unique assets such as views, potential. Um, and so look, over the years, I, I think I'm probably up to about property number 12 now. Um, the last property I bought, as you made reference to, is up on the Hawkesbury River. Uh, and with that, I've got three separate titles uh, in one row on the water. So that kind of gives me you know, a little bit of opportunity, um, you know, two, three years down the path to, to, to develop that, so. Sorry to digress. Yesterday, last night, you sent me a photo from the Hawkesbury of the fires. It's disappointing. It's, it's, it's really sad, obviously, hearing about and seeing the koalas and all the other animals. And I know you're an animal enthusiast. Are you concerned around the fires hitting where you are? Because you have to evacuate, right? Correct, correct. So, yeah, look, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's life, you know, it's, it's one of those things, but um, uh, dealing with some of our sales clients coming down there, because we obviously get a lot of people coming out of the greater Sydney market, we're only an hour out of Sydney, uh, and they're obviously concerned about um, the fires. And, and look, it, it is one of those things, uh, uh, one client uh, who's recently a, a sales client, um, uh, she lives in Taramara and she had a fire, you know, 300 metres from, from her front door. So I think, look, with Sydney, um, we are surrounded um, by national parks, as beautiful as they are, but they, they are volatile. But look, our RFS guys are, are, are champions and they keep us all pretty safe up there. Yeah, nice. I just, I just wanted to obviously check in. I hadn't spoken to someone who was that close from being affected and had been evacuated. Yeah. 2020, plans for the business? Good plans. Yeah, very good plans. Uh, biggest one for us, I, I, I wrote a piece um, only last week about um, a, a portion of my uh, inner sphere are notorious uh, for being lifetime renters. So I think that there's, a, there's an opportunity for me there to start introducing the rent vest model. Uh, and I know that's a bit of a buzzword uh, at the moment, but there's an opportunity there for <clears throat> this demographic to be able to access property, still have their lifestyle, 
uh, here in the city, which they don't want to give up. So that's going to be a major focus uh, for us, that, that rent vesting. Investing in property outside of, of dominant markets like Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, looking for opportunities where the cost of access is relatively low, what hits their pocket is relatively low, so we might be looking at cash neutral, cash positive properties, but then the other market that we're going to be focusing on heavily is commercial. Commercial in our eastern suburbs for you, so. I think commercials, I mean, the, the, the investment market, there's obviously a lot of opportunity just where rates are and sentiment's great again and timing's good, but I think the commercial's a big space. Commercial is a big space and um, we're, as, as you know, that, that first 12 months for me, I pretty much exhausted um, my inner sphere here in the eastern suburbs. So it made me have to be a little bit creative. What we do with that, market uh, you know if, we, if we're a little bit saturated in terms of residential investment we have to get a little bit creative and start working with their financial advisors we work with their accountants and we start putting a strategy together for some acquisition of commercial and i think it's going to be a big big space for buyers agents it's something that that there's not a lot of us doing yes. at this stage um, and it makes perfect sense you know it's it's a it's a high financial high risk transaction i think people need representation in that i agree and Obviously, moving into 2020, so this rent vest is seems like it's more of a national style of investment model that you guys are looking at. Correct. Yeah, I, I think it's very interesting. You're right because a lot of people are renting. A lot of people don't want to change their lifestyle. Like that, that's a fear I think for a lot of people. I've got to change my lifestyle, so I'm not going to do anything. But if they can maintain the lifestyle, be a property owner, or they could own multiple properties. I think it's a win-win. It absolutely is. And um, look, I've been in property since I was 10, not quite, but um, you know, quite young. So, so I think, I think there's, a, there's a mindset for me that, um, you know, that, that property will pay dividends when it comes to retirement. And um, in this piece that I wrote, we, we spoke about what's, what's that number? What, what's that number that you need when that pay packet stops? Um, you know, at a reasonable interest rate, which is, you know, hard to find these days. So I'm trying to get people to, to think, yes, they've got their life here in the city and they're living day to day and they don't want any impact on their life at this stage. But what happens 65, 70 years of age? What is that number that they need in unencumbered asset to produce an income that will support the same life that they have now. And I think that's important. And the, 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 the sooner we can get that message out to people that they need to start thinking about passive income in retirement, the better it is. And I, and I think we're approaching it from that, just start thinking about, you know, your 30s, your 40s now, what happens in 20 years time? How are you gonna grow those assets in a relatively short space of time? And as you said, without hitting their hip pocket and without changing their lifestyle. And I think it's a good question that people need to ask. It's exciting. I mean, 2020 seems like it's gonna be big for you because commercial, the space, it's untouched. There's a few buyers agents doing well, but I mean, a few people out of what, 25 million, it's, I think it's a big business opportunity and I think it hasn't been exploited properly yet. For, I remember when I started becoming a buyer's agent, focusing in resi 10 years ago, it was so fresh. And it just feels like commercials like that now. 100%, uh, look, I, I totally agree. And, and that's, this is why we're, we're just doing baby steps um, with it. We're doing small scale. We're not doing anything uh, too, too crazy out there. Um, but I, I think it, it is a market that, that is relatively, relatively untapped, but I also think uh, it's a, different headspace, it's a different mindset when, when you are going in. And I, and I think you've got to look at, you know, if we're looking at the sales um, perspective, we talk about vendor discounting. Um, on, the, on the buyer's side, we want to maximise that, that, that 
vendor discount for our clients. And we look back at the transaction that we referred to earlier, getting a 20% uh, reduction. I mean, there are good buying opportunities out there in commercial because it doesn't have the emotion that that residential has. So yeah, we, we see some pretty exciting times in 2020 for commercial. Yeah, that's awesome. So out of the working 20 years corporate, sales marketing, very successful pet management business, which you built and sold two years now into the property agent business. How does, how does this compare to, to, to that j prior journey? Very different, very different. Um, this, this career for me is about flexibility. Um, it's about maximising the relationships that I've built through my corporate days. Um, also maximising relationships built with the pet management business. The pet management business, business gave me access um, to a market throughout the eastern suburbs um, which transitions perfectly uh, into this. So look, I think from, from, uh, from my perspective, being a buyer's agent, being a property agent, it gives me some flexibility, but it enables me to work with my network that I've built up over many, many years and just deliver them some great results. I love it. And last question before we finish up, how do you describe your, your model when someone asks you? Is, have you? is there a name for it or? Yeah, look, look, I, I, we don't refer ourselves to buyer's agents or, or, or uh, sales agents, we're property agents. Um, and, and again, I think we are the mutants. Uh, we are the X-Men uh, in the industry, but I think uh, that that concept will grow. Um, I think you, know, you and I were speaking before the show that there is a little bit where well, you are one or the other. And, and, and I genuinely don't believe we have to. I think we have an obligation to a client, whether that is, is um, a buying client, a selling client, a property management client, a commercial client. We have an obligation to represent them and achieve the result that we're being paid for. And I think if my skill set and my business can handle both sides of, of that equation, I think it's something that, that, that's a value add for our clients. I love it. And where can people find you? Uh, Trent Iverson underscore uh, real estate on uh, Instagram, Harris Iverson Property Agents on Facebook or harrisiverson.com.au um, or just give us a call. Happy oh, to chat. I love it. I, I love what you're doing. Thanks for obviously participating. I um, just want to wrap up the show now and just let you guys know that if you want to, I guess, check out a very fascinating model. I really enjoy and, and admire what Trent's doing with his uh, hybrid model. So you know, not classifying yourself as a buyer's agent or a selling agent, it's a property agent business. So if you're looking to sell property, you can go there. If you're looking to buy property, you can go there. He also manages property. And as he said, in 2020, he's gonna be focusing on the national investment model. So helping people buy investment properties, not throw too much cash out of their pocket, and also focusing heavily in commercial. So check him out on the details he provided and see you next week. find out more about how you can become a stellar buyer's agent yourself, head to www.buyersagentinstitute.com.au.